Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Perspectives podcast. Thanks for joining us for today's journey, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for coming back and joining us again. Today's topic is going to be a tough one, too. Uh, I know you're probably hearing me say that pretty routinely, uh, but you know, there's a lot of tough topics to cover. So uh, I will start with a little story. Last night I was I was driving. Um, I, I do this uh, this this men's group on Tuesdays right now, and this thought occurred to me. It was more of a question than a thought. It was why why are so many people focused on such small numbers of topics? in our culture. I wrestled with that in my head as I'm driving and uh, I got to thinking, well, it's not as, I mean, it's complicated, but it, it may not be as complicated as sometimes we might think it is. And so I've been, I started thinking about, well, you know, there's people that are just purely focused on the border, purely focused on race or identities or COVID or like there's these, these certain like small group of topics that are just demanding a lot of attention. And I, of course, I mean, we can't talk about that without bringing up that there's political and media influence in the topics that are being talked about. And so I kind of wanted to get after that and make an effort to answer the question of why so many people are focused on such a small number of topics. Here we go. So from an individual, I'm going to do this part because this is going to be the fastest part. Uh, From an individual stand. Uh, there's, there's only so much mental and emotional capacity and starting from that premise, we, that means we can only handle so much of the river hitting us before it knocks us down. Uh, that's the analogy that I, I will often use, um, when talking about emotional and mental capacity. If the river's flowing at us and it's flowing really fast and really hard and it's deep we don't stand a chance unless we have some ways over the water, um, like boulders, uh, bridges, stuff like that. We aren't, we aren't going to be able to be anywhere near the middle of that. And so keeping that in mind, it, I'm going to switch to the cultural perspective. If, if we're standing in the middle, there is incentive to make the water go really fast and really high because if we are overwhelmed, then what happens is we actually check out. And so when I think about politics and media from a cultural perspective, there's incentive to overwhelm us with uh, a massive amount of information but only covering a few topics because then we're not paying attention to all the other stuff that makes sense. And why does that make sense? Okay. So I I did, I asked the question of myself, why would that make sense? Well, because 
politicians want votes. At the end of the day, that's what they want. Look, if we have a politician who says they are morally grounded, that's great. They can make all of their decisions based on their morals. And when it comes to season to vote, they still want your vote. You could have one that's, you know, lying, cheating, doing all kinds of terrible things. And when it comes to season to vote, they still want your vote. If that's the motive, at least for the political stuff, and then the media will get into that. Actually, I would suggest that in part the media is massively influenced by political, uh, you know, ideologies and stuff like that. And so um, we're probably getting sort of a subsect of politics when it comes to most media outlets. That being said, I wanted to highlight a few things culturally that most likely are going on when we focus too much energy on too few of the topics. Um, Number one, I'm going to, I'm going to give you three different points. Um, but there's, there's actually in each of them, there's a, there's a piece to go with it. So knowing the motive. So for example, I talked for a moment about the politicians. If we know the motive of the politicians, which is to get a vote, or in some situations, they may have other motives behind it, but when it comes to the season to get votes, that becomes their motive temporarily. Why? Because they can't do what they do if they're not in the office to do it. So knowing the motive helps us understand the behavior. Why do they do the things they do in between the vote and the next vote? Well, ultimately, they're doing things for the votes. Now, you do get those occasions where, um, you know, a, a media outlet or a politician is genuine to a, a structure that is not the vote structure. They go through the vote process as a means of being in the right place and opening the right doors, but their motive is something else. So, we really truly do need to understand motives in order to understand the behaviors. Sometimes we can backdoor that. We can go behavior, 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 behavior. Oh, the motive is fill in the blank. That could be anything. It could be, think about it when we, when I do like family work, I think about what motivates a child. If money motivates the child, then we, we could use that as an incentive. If consequences motivate a child, it's the fear of typically, then we could use that to motivate a child. If you know being able to socialize and hang out with peers is the motive, then we could use that to increase their ability to do other things, right? We, we think of it carrot and stick, carrot and stick. If we know the motive we can predict behavior. If we know enough of the behavior, then we can often predict motive. Okay. So that's happening. That's also happening in media. So in our culture, when I ask the question, why are so many people focused on such a small number of topics? One of the things is the motive of getting a vote, of getting your attention, of getting the reads, of getting the clicks. Those are motives. And that would be why they stay on the topics of border, of race, of identity, of you name the topic. 
okay, COVID, um, whatever, it, whatever it is. And I, I also was thinking the subcategories, why do they spend so much time on those subcategories, those, those niche markets, right? In all reality, uh, whether you agree with me or disagree with me uh, on this next one, um, I, there's, there's a very small percentage, very small percentage of people who uh, are wrestling with gender identity. And yet we spend a ton of time on the topic in media, in culture, in uh, politics. And I, I started to wonder why. And like, I've even done it. You know, I, I've, I've podcasted on that topic a couple of times already. Why do we spend so much time and attention on those things? Well, in part, it might be because we're trying to make sense of it. That set aside, the motive is it does two things that I see. Number one, it endears us to a small group of people, but then it does this other thing. It also endears us to a much larger group of sympathetic people, people who want to fight the, the battle alongside of people who they believe are being persecuted or wronged, right? We, we are an underdog world. And so if we can find the right underdog and align with them, we get in politics, a ton of sympathy votes in media, a lot of clicks. So I, I obviously had to do some self-reflecting and I started to go, okay, so what is my motive to address this topic exactly? Honestly, from my vantage point, at least, and you know, maybe later on I'll see myself differently and I'll, I'll look at this in a unique way. But really my motive is I want people to be less naive. I want people to be more informed. So my motive is provide the information and let people process it and figure out what it means to them. That's my motive because I'm my role is, as a therapist, even though I'm doing a podcast, my role as a, as a therapist is to, is to help people as much as I possibly can. And, you know, to that end, that's what I'm trying to accomplish. So set me aside. I want to go on to topic number two. I know I've covered a lot of stuff within knowing motives to know behaviors. Sometimes we can backdoor that behaviors to motives. The next piece is knowing the environment improves accuracy of perception. So knowing an environment can improve the accuracy of perception. If we don't know the environment we're in, we could be safe or unsafe and not know it. Uh, if we are safe in the environment, but we don't know that we're safe, we have a sense of caution and, and, and carefulness that may not be warranted and may actually cause the environment some challenges. If the opposite is true, if we are in an unsafe environment and we feel safe, we could get ourselves in trouble super fast. So knowing the environment can improve our accuracy in our perception. Look, perceptions are not reality. I don't know if I've said this in other podcasts, but let me say it now. 
your perception is not reality. It may be reality, but it may not. The example I often use in this, and I, I'm going to give it to you real quick. If there's a camera in the corner of the room and I place myself between you and the camera and I make it look like I smack you on the shoulder really hard and you flinch because there's a natural reaction, even if I don't touch you, if we look at that camera, most people might go, whoa, you just hit that person. But the two of us in the room know factually it did not occur. The facts are different than the perception. And that is true a lot. So let's not confuse facts with perception. But accuracy of perception, the closer we can get our perception to the facts, the better. And one way to do that is to know the environment we're playing in. If we're on a playground, that's one type of environment. We're in the classroom, another type of environment. If we're in a business, another type of environment. If we're the boss, it creates a different environment. If we're the employee, a different environment. So knowing the environment with which we are in engaging with others can definitely improve our accuracy. When we look at the, the environment of politics and we think they want my vote, that empowers us. They want my vote. I'm important to them, which means my cause can be important if I am picky about my vote. So I say that because when we're focused on these small number of things, we have to find the things that we are deeply passionate about and then appropriately in a healthy way voice those things. The same is true in everything that I do uh, clinically. If a person is feeling like their voice doesn't matter, then they put themselves in a position to not matter. We don't want that. So we begin to teach them empowerment things, right? The theory behind empowerment and then uh, the techniques. So you know, you've heard me say this before, theory and technique. We have to have them both. One without the other is a problem. Theory without technique uh, is, is pointless. Uh, technique without theory is reckless. Okay. So getting to know the environment and understanding that the, the politician wants my vote, the media wants my click. It's oftentimes going to be where we hold back that we have the most influence. If I decide not to vote for a particular person, I have a great amount of influence there because they know that most likely, well, the, for me at least, because I vote every chance that I get, that means I took my vote away from them and I gave it to somebody else. When I do that, it's a loss in their box and a gain in the other box. That's a huge piece of cultural influence that we have in the United States. We, in my opinion, should be grateful for that. That is a big responsibility and such a neat thing that we get to do. All right. So perception and environment. If we know the perception is inaccurate, we got to make that correct. One way to do that is to 
understand our environment. Take a look at how the environment is designed and keep that in mind in all of our decision making. All right. The next thing. We have to know our own bias. We have to. Because in a culture where there's so much, like I talked about the river earlier, there's so much coming at us. If we don't know our own bias and we're not critically thinking about what we are going to do in a given environment with understood motives, perceptions, and behaviors, if we are not engaged fully and thinking fully and understanding our own bias, we are susceptible to manipulation. That's, that's not a good thing. When we are manipulated, that means we become sort of lemming-like. We, we follow, um, we, we work off of less information, um, or we get overwhelmed with all of the information and we can't make sense of it. So knowing our own bias is a huge part of the critical thinking process. We have to be able to say to ourselves, okay, I would normally go in this direction. And we have to push back on it and say, why would I just default to that without really knowing about that person, that media outlet, that news article, that book, that author, that you know, that friend, why would I do that? Now, what I'm asking you to do does not necessarily take a ton of time. It's, it's a pretty simple process of discovery. What it requires is curiosity, curiosity about ourselves and curiosity about the others that we are interacting with. Because remember the culture culture is designed to focus on a small number of things and throw them at you so fast that we get overwhelmed and stop paying attention. Or we focus on one piece that's coming down the water. There's this, just this one flotation device that's floating. And if I just stay focused on that, I can grab onto that. And that becomes, well, my way down water. I may be able to stay above water, but I'm only holding on to one thing. And we got to be really careful about that. Because it, again, it leans us into our own bias. I'm then going to stay there because I feel safe and comfortable. And then my growth diminishes. I begin to grow at a slower pace because I'm only focused on one thing. And in a culture, we can't just focus on one thing. There's too many variables. We have to focus on many things simultaneously. But we have to do it from a place of uh, high functioning. We can't be high functioning if we are overwhelmed. So you see the dilemma that, that begins to happen there. I don't want to let go of this, this concept of you know, our own bias and the, the risk of being manipulated. So with those three things in mind, I'm going to recap them real quick. And then I'm going to, I'm going to take a sidestep into this manipulation thing. Uh, number one, knowing the motive helps us understand the behavior. Knowing the environment improves accuracy and accuracy in particular with perception. Knowing our own bias improves our ability to critically think. That means to look at ourselves and say, mm, and look at others and say, I don't know. 
and ask the right curiosity questions, both of ourselves and of others. Okay, manipulation. I want to start with, the question isn't, are you being manipulated? You are. I am. We are being manipulated all the time. A good leader that's going to take us really great places will manipulate the environment. We start to learn that when we're two years old. We manipulate the toy. We manipulate the parent. We manipulate anything in our environment that we possibly can. Our own legs, our own arms, whatever it is that we've got, we manipulate them. Manipulation has this really strong negative connotation in our culture. But manipulation is not inherently good or bad. Manipulation is exploratory in nature. When we talk about a child manipulating a toy, that's a good thing. We want a child's curiosity to carry them forth and help them discover, grow, become better. We want that. We, th- so we want certain forms of manipulation. Um, a really good leader that cannot manipulate others into accomplishing the, the goal is not a really good leader. Leaders have to find ways to manipulate either the environment or the groups of people. That's what has to happen. I'm not saying you have to like the terminology. I, there's, there's times where I, I find it to be a little repulsive myself. But the truth is, you are manipulated, I am manipulated, and that is part of certain types of processes, right? We jump in the river that I was talking about earlier. It will manipulate us. It will move us in ways we didn't want to move. It will move us in ways that we didn't expect. It will manipulate us. And we can manipulate the environment a bit too. We can turn our hands, uh, we can kick our feet, and resist in certain ways. And uh, we could ride the wave if we're at the ocean. Like it's going to be a form of manipulation. So then you might be asking, what is the actual question we want to answer here? Well, I think there's two of them. The first question I think is, why are we manipulated? When we go back to the original topic, we, we were, we've been talking a little bit about you know, politicians want votes. Well, if that is their motive, then that's good to know. That tells us how, how to fight the fight if we need to. Um, it, it gives us a lot of information. If their motive is to try to do what they see as the best thing, then we if we want them to hear us, we have to appeal to their sense of morality. If they really just want to make a bunch of money, then we can simply make a donation and they will pay attention to us um, because they'll be looking for more later on. And they know that. So you know, knowing the motivation uh, is, is super important and that helps us to understand the why, the why. The environment, it works in a certain way. That's the why. The, 
own bias that we have. You know, the, the bias that I have is, is part of the why I would be manipulated. I'm being manipulated because, uh, you know, the people around me know really, they, they really understand that I like books. And so they give me a book and then I, I just want to be their best friend or something like that, right? Why are we being manipulated? The other question is the how. How are we being manipulated? Remember, if you've listened to other podcasts that I've done, I talked about the gaps, the gaps that we fill in. Filling in the gaps is something that people will do as a form of manipulation. That's not always bad. If they have the information that fills in that gap accurately, then that could be a really helpful thing. If they're filling in the gap with a lie, it can be a very damaging thing because we can go down a path that we don't believe in and have to come back and make all kinds of corrections. Then we carry that, uh, that guilt or the shame of having been sort of sucked into that, that pathway and doing it from a place of, I was naive, but it doesn't matter. We still feel the guilt. We feel the shame. We have that internal experience. So manipulation is, you know, it's really about those things. We want, we want to know why we are being manipulated because we are, and we want to know how we are being manipulated because that allows us to sure up areas that we can do better. And if we take that information and then we apply it culturally into the environment, knowing the environment, knowing our own bias, knowing the motives of ourselves and others, man, we could, we could make a big difference. That's a lot of content that I just went over. I hope that it wasn't too fast. I hope that it wasn't uh, too broad or too specific for you. I hope this would help encourage you to do your diligence at making sure you only click when it matters. You only purchase when it matters. You only vote on the things that matter to you and you withhold that vote in places where it is not deserved and you give it to something or someone else, that doesn't mean you get to share votes. That's not the way our culture works. What it means is if one person's not going to do it, don't give them the vote. Give it to the other person who will take up that cause and be that, that voice of reason. Okay. Uh, this was probably, at least for now, uh, this is about as political as I'm going to get. Um, and it's not designed to be political stance. This is designed to be a cultural look at the phenomenon of politics in the individual life. We have to know the playing field. And I wanted to sort of outline that playing field for everybody with you know, understanding of um, why we're focused on such small things because it can create overwhelm. Motives, behaviors, environment, perception, bias, critical thinking. I mean, we covered a bunch of stuff and then we spent a couple minutes on manipulation. 
and the role of manipulation um, being not necessarily always a bad thing, but being something we should be 100% aware of at all times, if possible. So thank you so much for joining me. I hope this was helpful. Go ahead and leave comments. Uh, you know, give me give me five stars. I look forward to those. And but but most importantly, I want your feedback. I want your feedback. What do you like? What are you not liking? You know, do you like the sound quality? Do you hate the sound quality? Do you uh, like the topics that we're picking? Should I pick some different topics? I'm open to hearing what you have to say. I am curious what your thoughts are. So feel free to give them to me. Thanks for joining us and have a great day.